are now listening to the Fantasy Whisperer Podcast with your hosts, Johnny, Game Time Hicks, and Big Travi. Why, hello, and welcome to the Fantasy Whisperers Podcast. That's Big Travi, and I'm Johnny Game Time Hicks, and we're here to give you the fantasy football fix here on this awesome Tuesday night. Big Travi, we're already on episode number 16, and it's only going to ramp up as we get closer and closer to the season. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing fantastic, Johnny. We got a little bit of piece of that. We got a little piece of that preseason action last Thursday with the Hall of Fame game. But I'm getting even more pumped because this week we start the gauntlet. So I'm getting really excited, Johnny. Yeah, man, I'm looking forward to all of these preseason games and a lot of people aren't exactly sure what to look for in these preseason games. So Travis, you and I are going to walk our listeners through things that we're going to be watching out for. And we're going to be looking for when we review that preseason footage. Travis, not a lot of people like the preseason, but we're hoping to turn that around. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do a little preseason pregaming. If you know what I mean? Take a look at some of the stuff that's hot and on our list of what to watch out for. All right. But but first, before we get into all of that information into our show, we're going to go over a little bit of uh, news and notes. News and notes from around the NFL. All right, Big Travi, as always, our news and notes come from the sleeper bot. All right, Travis, there was a lot of information that came out this past week. One of the biggest pieces of news was, well, should we should we add this into the into uh into the news and notes, Travis? Uh we we are expanding our show that's right now sundays new night so normally we do it we've been doing on tuesday nights we're going to expand it to sunday nights and then thursday nights as well travis you want to let the people know why we're doing this yeah so we wanted to have a little bit of an interesting take we've been getting a lot of feedback that we needed to dive into some more things and obviously uh the content is about to start ramping up right johnny like we're about we want to get a little bit of a head start on our regular season schedule. So Sunday nights, we're going to be coming to you right after Sunday night football. We're going to discuss a little bit of the game. We're going to discuss a little bit of, uh, you know, or a lot of bit of what happened that Sunday during football, why it's fantasy relevant. And then we're going to jump into a little bit of the Monday night game, then kick it off Thursday night. Same kind of thing right after the Thursday night football game. We'll be coming to you. And we'll be having our our show then and discussing kind of what happened after after that game and preview into the next week's action. So we want to give you as much content as possible. We want to prepare you as much for each week in your fantasy matchup. And we've got other things on the docket, of course, through the website, thefantasywhispers.com. We'll have stardom sit'em columns. We're going to have some exclusive videos. We're also going to have a you know, daily lineup show on Sunday mornings, a brief show to kind of help you with your lineup decisions. So uh, we have a lot working and we are working hard for you guys with our nose to the grindstone, trying to make sure you guys win every week or get as close to possible as, as winning every week. So you guys are ready to take home that fantasy hardware. 
Well said, well said, Travis. All right, so we're going to jump in these news and notes. And first off, we got, you know, I, I got to start it off kind of a, a sad note, but positive here with Nick Foles said he is dealing with muscle spasm in his traps and neck. Mm. Do you think this is going to cause the Eagles to maybe try to rush back Wentz a little bit, you know, make that week one start? Not sure. I mean, today I saw they, they pulled his reps back a little bit at practice. I don't know if that was just a monitoring thing to make him make sure he's ready and not to tweak anything uh, to kind of protect him with the Foles situation. Um, for me, uh, I li- I think Wentz is on schedule to start. I think he's been at, or ahead of schedule, I should say, to start week one. And I think that's going to be the case. I didn't think that at the beginning of this offseason, but every day more comes out to make me think, that they're going to Wentz week one. All right. And then we have Devontae Booker was listed as a starting running back on the Broncos first depth chart. Any concerns here um, with them not, you know, going with uh, Royce Freeman as their number one starting going into week one of preseason? Or is this just, you know, like like we were talking about with uh, the Rashad Penning situation where they're not going to start a running back right away and get him into the game and kind of give him, you know, the reins. They want him to earn it a little bit. Is this the same viewpoint you're taking? Yeah, I think. And I would just keep an eye on it. Obviously, this is preseason. We need to watch. This is one of our watch uh, list items. For me, you need to be looking at this because Booker is a veteran. And if this lights a fire under him and he shows something to this coaching staff that they haven't seen before, you could see him splitting carries early and then Royce eventually taking over. I think the talent wins out here. Watch the preseason snaps. Watch the uh, the the uh, practice hype, and just see how this one plays out. All right. So we're gonna touch on this team a little bit later. But the Colts coach Frank Reich said T.Y. Hilton and Ryan Grant have really separated themselves from the other receivers. Are you buying into this, or are you just thinking this is a little bit of hype? Actually, I kind of buy into it. If your coach, who is an offensive-minded guy, has a couple guys in mind, if you're fighting for that number two wide receiver spot and you being Ryan Grant, and he talks to you in the same breath as T.Y. Hilton, this could be big news. So we'll talk a little bit about Indy in our segments tonight, but uh, look for Ryan Grant to maybe secure his spot as the number two wide receiver on this offense, which is valuable, we've seen, under that Philadelphia spread kind of offensive attack. All right, I know that this was music to your ears here. You've been a huge advocate for Jordan Howard, and it's a, and the coach came out and said, Coach Charles London says that Jordan Howard probably catches two to 300 extra balls a day before yeah. and after practice, plus during special teams. Travis, I will admit to you, as soon as this came out, I did get a little bit more excited for Jordan Howard because that was the one flaw to his game that really was holding him back to being a true workhorse uh, running back. And he's going to be so much more valuable. And we'll talk about this as we get into the show. He's going to be so much more valuable if he can stay on the field and receive uh, some catches out of the backfield. This would be huge for him. Yeah, I just want to welcome you in officially to the Jordan Howard fan club. Uh, We've been waiting for you, Johnny, and we are excited you're here. No, uh, basically for me, you've seen we talk about his catch rate and it it wasn't very good 
um, you know, the year before 2016, but actually in 2017, he got into the 60% range, not great for a running back. I know that. And he did have drops and he led the league in drops for, uh, uh, the, uh, sorry, the running backs that, uh, qualified, sorry, could not spit that out. Um, but anyways, Jordan Howard, I think it, I got a projected at catching, you know, closer to 65%, 60 to three to 65% this year. And if that's the case, man, Matt Nagy has already come out this offseason saying there's a myth that Jordan Howard isn't a three down back and we're out to prove that myth wrong. So I really like for Jordan Howard to be a valuable piece and watch his ADP just skyrocket. Now, unfortunately, I've yeah. been talking about him so much. I feel, you know, personally to blame for this, but him doing the work similar to what Todd Gurley did last year uh, is not helping his ADP stay at a valuable place. Right. Well, even so, even over the last, even the last four days I, when I've done some mocks, Jordan Howard now is starting to creep his way all the way up to the early second round. Whereas yep. before you were kind of getting them either late second, early third sometimes. Right. So definitely, definitely something to keep an eye on. And then we also, one of the last few things we want to, we want to point out here and that is chargers coach, Anthony Lynn raves about Melvin Gordon's receiving abilities he was a better receiver than I ever thought he was. Melvin Gordon's always been a guy who sneakily does get a lot of catches out of the backfield, although he's not really praised for it, Travis. I really think that this year they could really open him up and just really see what he can do. You know, I like guys that are in contract years. And this Chargers defense or this Chargers team, sorry, as a whole is kind of sneaky in there. If you look at a lot of professionals in the in the you know, in Vegas and stuff. And they're, they're really excited about this Chargers offense and this Chargers team to possibly be as a, one of those sleeper teams that has a better chance than what they're given currently to make the Super Bowl. I'm not quite on that bandwagon yet, but definitely something to watch out for. Yeah, I, I think you hit it, you know, there. I think San Diego or sorry, Los Angeles Chargers <laughs> are actually sneaking into, uh, you know, Super Bowl contention. But uh, I think that there are whispers. You hit on this with the contract year. There are whispers about Melvin Gordon, not like the, the franchise, not buying into Melvin Gordon as the all around uh, guy and that they may be moving on after this contract year. So, you know what happens when they do that in contract years, Johnny, you know, this, they will use him up as if they haven't been already. He's been close to 70% of our running back snaps for that team over the last, you know, three years. So I just, I, I think there you can do a lot worse than Melvin Gordon in the first round for a guy who we know is going to be huge. And even more so, think about the touchdowns that are uh, potentially going to go his way with Hunter Henry now out for the season. So I really like yeah. the uptick for Melvin Gordon this year, and I think that you should draft him with confidence. All right, Travis. So we're going to jump into our show here. We got preseason, pregame. And right. you know, you know what they say. We saw one game already, and that was that was just the first the first little gift from the heavens above. But <laughs> right. we also got a special guest here that want, can explain it exactly what the feeling was like. <laughs> That's right, Travis. It was so good to have That's football right. back, even though it was just the Hall of Fame game. We didn't see very much uh, at or at all of the starters. 
But this is where you find those depth plays. This is where you really dive into where values might be because if you can spot something in the preseason and really hone in on it and, and kind of see where chemistry is going, then you can find those gems. A couple of years ago, uh, Julius Thomas was one of those players who was really scouted during the pregames and or the preseason. And those of you who were able to swoop him up that year in the 14th, 13th round had themselves a tight end one throughout the entire season, all because you watched the preseason games. So going to want to listen tune in for this one. It's going to be a great show. You about ready, Travis? Yeah, let's kick it off, brother. So all right. we're, we're going to be talking a little bit now, Johnny, about comeback offenses. And... Exactly. That's comeback right. offenses. All right, Travis, you want to you wanna jump in here and let the people know what we're talking about here. Yeah, so one of the comeback offenses here is the Chicago Bears, right? They have a new head coach, and last year they were 5-11, and 11, and this year they project to be about the six and a half, seven win totals this year. I know it doesn't sound like a ton, but I think there's going to be a lot of improvement. You just look at the weapons they've put around Trubisky this year, and I think it's going to be good. And then you look at Matt Nagy, right? Last year with the Chiefs, he had his QB, his running back, and his tight end all finish within the top five in fantasy scoring. Kansas City ran that spread offense, quick throws to the backs and the tight ends, got them very involved in the passing game. And it's e and it really helps somebody like Trubisky, who is still weren't learning the NFL. So I really like them to be, you know, much improved. So watch for this offense and how Trubisky will be under that, of course. Trey Burton's progression is something I'm watching in this preseason, right? Nagy has mentioned he wants to use him as that Travis Kelsey role. You're getting him at a really good value right now in drafts, I think, because he could essentially fill in and be a top 10 tight end this year. So we'll just see how that goes. Jordan Howard, we talked about this at the top of the show. Jordan Howard's receiving prowess. Can he improve? Can he put in the work? And can he be more deadly as an all-around running back um, Johnny, like, I think that this is all possible for Chicago to have a bounce back year. And you've got to know that I'm saying that you got to think that I, or you got to believe what, that I believe that because I'm a Packers fan and I hate the bears. So, uh, I, if I'm saying they might be good, like <laughs> they might be good. Yeah. So, I mean, when I'm, when I'm watching these preseason games with Chicago bears, the first thing I'm going to look at is how does Mitch Trubisky look in this offense, right? We are projecting that they're going to be pretty good this season. And we certainly expect Mitch Trubisky to be better than he was last year. And I certainly hope so for the projections and for all of those playmakers around him. Cause last year he only threw for a little bit over 2000 yards and only seven touchdowns. Well, frankly, that's not going to get it done for likes of, you know, Allen Robinson, Trey Burton that you were just talking about or even Cohen, who's been coming in here and, and getting a lot of ramps and raves through the preseason so far, or training camp, I should say. So I want to see how Mitch Trubisky looks. He had a 64% completion percentage last year, so he was fairly accurate with the ball. Let's see if he can get a little bit of time, create a little bit of chemistry with those wide receivers and those tight ends. With that being said, I want to see what his chemistry is like with Allen Robinson. So I'm going to be keying in on Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson is going in that 
kind of odd man's kind of area, you know, right between Demarius Thomas and Larry Fitzgerald, two guys that I do think have maybe a higher floor, but potentially I think Allen Robinson has the higher ceiling when it comes to those wide receivers. So I really want to make it a little bit clear for um, just my own projections at what I want to see from Allen Robinson. So I'll be definitely looking at that. We also got to remember Allen Robinson is only two years removed from his monster 142 targets, 80 receptions, and 1,400 yard receiving campaign. He also added 14 touchdowns that year. Now, do I think that he can get up to 14 touchdowns with Mitch Trubisky? Uh, I doubt it. But the 142 targets, that's not out of the realm of possibility. So I really want to see what that connection is like. You've also got a couple of other wide receivers that kind of intrigue me, Anthony Miller, things like that. So I want to see what that chemistry is like. And but the, the main one, kind of the lost uh, wide receiver and Kevin White, like what's going to happen there? Are they going to try and get him worked in before he's done with his contract? Right. And you got to think as like this, this is probably going to be Kevin White's last chance. This guy was touted heavily coming out of college. They took him really high in a, in a draft a few years ago. So what is he going to do? And in order to meet those projections that I have for uh, Mitch Trubisky, it's all going to start with him and how he's dealing with this offense. Uh, I'm also really, really excited to see what they're doing with Cohen, right? They've yeah. had all this secrecy and all these whispers coming out of camp that, Oh, Cohen's going to be, you know, this stud running back that's going to be able to move all over. He's going to be the egg factor. Well, I want to just see how much are they on the field together. And I'm talking about Jordan Howard and, and Tyree Cohen. Also, is this going to dip now into some of Tyree Cohen's kind of production? If Jordan Howard does have the ability to increase his catches, that's only going to hurt my projection for Cohen. So I do want to see what what they're how they're using him and what packages and where they have them lined up on the field for sure so moving on to another team that we're excited about this year based on um, some changes in their scheme is the tennessee titans last year of course they were nine and seven they don't have a projected win total higher than that last year so i'm kind of interested to see will the offense make the move to a better more efficient offense because they're only projected for seven and a half wins right now so some of the key things I'll be looking at in the preseason and watching the camps and the beat writers is Mariota's progression into a Matt LaFleur offense. Remember, Matt LaFleur is basically the guy responsible for Matt Ryan's uh, MVP season as the coordinator or as the uh, QB's coach in Atlanta during that time. He was also with Shanahan, of course. And then he was also responsible for the, you know, partly responsible for the Los Angeles Rams last year. So he's never really had Mariota's kind of skill set where he's got a running uh, quarterback as well or a mobile quarterback as well. So excited to see how that happens. Will people uh, be drafting Mariota this year with that upside of the rushing? Corey Davis is another person I'm really excited to watch in the preseason. He was drafted to be a number one wide receiver. He has the skills to be a number one wide receiver. Some people compare him to Brandon Marshall as far as skill set. I would like to see how he works in this offense. We've seen LaFleur do some great things with Julio Jones before. Can Corey Davis capitalize on being the number one in a LaFleur offense? And finally, I think we hit on it almost every episode in this offseason, Johnny, and that's the running back battle between Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis. And it's important to watch these roles. And in, in those few key important drives that they'll have this preseason, who is getting the looks? 
Will Henry get more looks in the receiving department that make you feel better about drafting him where he's currently going? Or is Lewis going to remain the value? So watch that unfold. What are your things? You know, what are the things that are going to catch your eye with the Titans this, this preseason, Johnny? So I'm really excited to watch this Titans offense because I feel like this is one of the strongest cases that we're, we're going to have for a back season, right? We saw Marcus Mariota be a really good fantasy option a few years ago. And then last year, he didn't meet those expectations. This year, I am expecting him a, a little bit of a bounce back. In particular, the reasons why is because one of the main factors is Delaney Walker, whether we want to say so or not. Delaney Walker has been kind of the cornerstone and the safety blanket for Marcus Mariota. I'm talking the last four years, Travis. These are insane stats right here. In the last four years, all of this has happened for Delaney Walker. He's been, he's finished as a top eight in the tight end position. He's had four years of over 95 targets, and he hasn't had less than 800 yards receiving during that time. So you're talking about a super consistent tight end. That's one of Marcus Mariota's favorite targets. He's consistently getting a ton of targets. And as a fantasy uh, player, the number one thing we love to hear is that my player is going to get a ton of targets every single week. So when you're looking at Delaney Walker and what his ADP is right now, it's at 7.06. So he's could be somewhat of a steal. A lot of people are, are kind of sleeping on him because of age. He'll be 34 this season. So to me, I really want to see is that age really creeping onto the field for Delaney Walker or does he look just like he normally does, you know, a pretty consistent tight end that kind of goes unheard of and might slip in your drafts because he's not one of those, you know, Zach Ertz or Jimmy Graham, like big name guys. It's just, Oh, it's Delaney Walker. You know, when you draft, it's not going to ooh and ah people on the draft board. You can walk away essentially knowing you have a top tight end every single year. So I'm going to watch how they use him, how he looks coming out of uh, his route running and all that stuff. You talked about Corey Davis, Travis, and and I'm I'm definitely going to be watching Corey Davis, but I also want to see Richard Matthews. How does this guy look? He kind of fell off last year. He only had 84 targets for 795 uh, yards and four touchdowns. And to me, I, I thought that Richard uh, Matthews had really taken a fall off, but the main difference he had just a little bit less targets last year, but he only caught 12 more passes the two years before. But the main difference between those two years was nine touchdowns, a difference of five touchdowns. And we could be talking about this guy going in the fifth round, potentially uh, of redraft leagues. I definitely want to see, are they, was it just kind of an, an odd thing with that whole offense last year? And are they going to kind of reestablish that connection they had? Or is, in fact, Corey Davis going to take over as that true number one wide receiver? And then the last thing that I look for when I'm watching the Tennessee Titans is just how is this offensive line gelling? And how is that running scheme playing out? Because we talked about the running back battle, which I am heavily interested in, especially at where these guys' EPs are. Um, I'm a little bit nervous because sometimes you have to pay kind of a lot. Although Derrick Henry has been sliding a lot in the last few drafts that I've done mock drafts and he's sliding sometimes to the fourth round, which I think is insane. But I do want to see how are they using Deion Lewis and Derrick Henry and more specifically, how is this offensive line gelling 
Pro Football Focus has them rated as the number five offensive line coming into the season. So I definitely really like what we're seeing there. All right, we got the next up. We have the Indianapolis Colts. Record last year was 4-12. and 12, Not good at all. Um, yeah. But their projected win total is 6.5 this year. Travis, what are some of the things that you're looking to look out for uh, when watching? I know you're going to be watching this Colts. When we're talking about Andrew Luck. It'll be the first time that we're going to see him. So let the fantasy whisperer community know what you're going to be watching more, more specifically. Yeah, so the big thing is, is that Luck has been, you know, we've been talking now and it's, Basically, Frank Reich has said Luck's going to play a, a quite a bit in the first game, which is rare to happen for these quarterbacks that are franchise quarterbacks. I mean, look at just even Mitch Trubisky didn't play a single snap in the first game. So you got to look at that. I th is Luck really back? You know, how much is he going to play? I'm going to have my popcorn ready. I'm going to be watching Andrew Luck in this first preseason game, and I'm going to see what he looks like throwing to his wide receivers We've had and his running backs. We've had... Uh, you know, beat writers come out and say that he's, you know, got 19 of 22 of practice. He's been looking good back to throwing the NFL size ball. So we're really excited about that. Of course, the other thing I'm really excited about is the complimentary wide receiver battle. We talked a little bit about it at the top. We talked about how Frank Reich is, you know, talking about Ryan Grant in the same breath as T.Y. Hilton. Well, if he is going to be T.Y. Hilton's number two or the number two guy next to T.Y. Hilton, I think there's some value in that. So I really want to watch out for that and really kind of see if Ryan Grant can separate himself because I wasn't buying it at the beginning of this offseason. But if the coach is coming out, beat writers are saying he's looking good. I want to check it out. So the running back battle is the final thing that I'm really looking at here and it's going to resemble a three or four headed, you know, Philly monster running back committee that we saw last year. Or is it going to represent, you know, maybe a one guy and a couple other complimentary pieces? I really like Jordan Wilkins. I think he's a sneaky guy to grab. They want to give the first shot to Mac. But Wilkins is a well-rounded guy who could end up being a, uh, you know, a really good piece and really valuable in an Andrew Luck offense, especially where you look at Wilkins where he's being drafted in the 13th round right now. The value on that is great. And so for me, I think that right now I'm really excited about what the Colts could be this year under Andrew Luck. And it looks like a couple of our guys here in the comments are also excited about what Andrew Luck could do this year. Brett Zabo says, Luck could be a sleeper steal, but also requires a backup plan. Who are your late last round QBs to take in case Luck doesn't perform? Actually, that's a great question. I'll just take this real quick. Johnny, you can uh, follow it up with your own stuff. But we're going to have our cheat sheet coming out with the rest of our draft kit. And what you'll see in there is one of I'm giving this one away for free. I mean, the whole draft kit's free. But uh, I'll give this one away. Yeah. I, I really like Mitchell Trubisky. We just talked about Chicago. I like him to tear jump here. So if you're going to pick a guy to go with luck, I like Trubisky to be that guy. I believe they that the Bears play Green Bay at least once in those first four games. So if you're trying to get a guy uh, to follow uh, or to compliment Luck while he gets back into the groove, I like Trubisky to be a guy that could come out hot and start the season well. And you're paying, what, a 14th rounder for Trubisky as your backup? I mean, that's when most people are taking defenses and kickers. I think that's a perfect time to be doing that. Yeah, I mean, for me, if I'm answering this question – 
there's a couple guys that I wouldn't mind pairing. Um, one, Eli Manning. I think that he's going to have a, a pretty solid season and be a quarterback that's definitely going to make a tear jump. It's almost certain that it's going to happen based on the people that he's going to be throwing to. And we have them all kind of as very nice projections and as a very nice offense. So exto, exo facto, uh, that's got to be one quarterback that I definitely like to pair with Andrew Luck. You can get him as well, 14th, 15th round. And then another guy is Dak. Um, a lot of people are down on him. I I certainly think that he's going to be a bounce back candidate. Now, is he going to jump, jump up into that top five fantasy quarterbacks? Probably not. And most likely he won't. And I don't have him projected that way. However, I do think that he could be a very solid quarterback. And I think people are getting away from what we saw the very first two years when he had, you know, his whole entire offensive line intact, as well as his running back. Zeke Elliott is not suspended to my to my knowledge, so mm. I expect them to have him back. And their offense is completely different when he plays versus when he doesn't. Dak, on average, scores about 19 fantasy points per game when he does play, and when he doesn't, it drops all the way down to 13 fantasy points per game. So both of those are great options for Andrew Luck. And then if Andrew Luck pans out, there you go. You have your surefire uh, QB1 for the entire season. Um, but as far as our back, getting back to our topic, Travis, and things that I'm going to watch, you touched on, uh, you know, the, the complimentary wide receiver, T.Y. Hilton, the guy that is just catching a ton of raves and, and, and just craziness coming, crazy news coming out of Indianapolis Colts training camp is Deion Kane. Uh, this guy, you know, was a really, really good wide receiver coming out of college. He actually had one of the most yards for the entire season out of any wide receiver coming out this year. And he was getting thrown the ball by your boy over there, Deshaun Watson, in his senior year. And Deshaun and him were, were kind of tearing it up. So, you know, I'm not shocked that I'm hearing these, uh, you know, raves about him in training camp. Right. right now, they're saying he might be the third wide receiver. But listen, Grant is not that good. There was a reason why the the Washington Redskins let him go, and they don't even have that great of wide receivers. Like, let's yeah. be honest here. So to me, I won't be I won't be surprised at all if if by the end of the season, Deion Kane uh, Deion Kane is the starting number two wide receiver opposite of of T.Y. Hilton. He is a beast. So I'm going to definitely be watching him because I know he's going to get a lot of playing time in the preseason. So I want to see what his abilities are. And then when you're talking about other skill positions, I want to see which tight end that they use more. Is it Eric Ebron or is it Jack Doyle, right? Jack Doyle had a pretty solid season last year. And Eric Ebron has always had this, you know, quote unquote, potential star potential at the tight end position ever since he came out uh, a few years ago and was drafted in the first round, but we've never really seen it. However, we have seen Andrew Luck go to his tight ends quite often. We've seen it with Kobe Fleener and with uh, Dwayne Allen. They had pretty solid seasons. The only headache was that you couldn't ever tell which one to start because they would, they would use them both in the same kind of way. And that's one worry I have with Eric Ebron and Jack Doyle is, are they going to go back to that kind of scheme and use them both as pass catchers and, and kind of just go with the flow of the game. So I, if they, 
Go ahead, Travis. Yeah, I, I could see him using the dual tight end system. The only thing I will say is that Frank Reich comes from Philadelphia, right, where he was the, the offensive coordinator. And who was over there? Oh, just Zach Ertz, who was having an elite tight end season with Frank yep. Reich. So for me, if one of these guys can break away, I think you're right. This is an interesting tight end battle to watch because if one guy can pull away on the field, and Reich has already said that he thinks Ebron is elite. So if yeah. he thinks that he brought him in, he didn't bring in Jack Doyle. That's not part of his regime. He may have this allegiance to Ebron. And if Ebron can equate that to the field, you could see a very valuable tight end, especially, you know, with the fact that Ebron is, you know, essentially being undrafted at this point right now um, exactly. because people aren't really buying in because he had the drops and the issues and, you know, Detroit let him walk. So definitely excited with you on the tight ends for uh, Detroit or uh, for Indy. Sorry. Yep. And then uh, I want to just back up what you were saying about the two running backs and more not necessarily like I will be keeping an eye on, you know, where Marlon Mack and what he's doing. But I honestly don't think they're going to they're going to roll with him as a full time starter. I just don't think he's durable enough. And what we saw last year. Yeah, we saw some flashes of, you know, a playmaker but he wasn't consistent enough. Like he's not that type of running back to be an every down back. However, Jordan Wilkins is getting a lot of raves as well out of Indianapolis Colts training camp. And like you said, he's going practically free. I've been doing mocks and I've been literally getting him in the 15th round and ditching, not, not getting a kicker and just getting him just to see what he possibly could do. Right. You know, um, so his value is, is virtually free. And same with Naheem Hines. I'm, I'm watching what he could do because the difference between those two is that you can get those two right now in the back and very end of, of draft. So 13th to the 15th round. Those are just throwaways anyway. You're just literally throwing darts at the wall. Whereas Marlon Mack actually takes some draft capital. He's going on average in the seventh or eighth round. And so for me, if I can watch those two, see – how they're running the ball. Are they running between the tackles? Is Naheem Hines catching a lot of dump off passes? Are they moving him all around the field? Then I am more likely to invest that draft capital in those two guys, because if they don't work out, okay, I just drop them and I pick up two guys that I need, or I go for the kicker that I need. Um, whereas Marlon Mack, if I draft him, I am really, really hoping that this guy, you know, hits, because seventh round, frankly, there's a lot of guys that are going in that seventh round. Rex Burkhead is a guy that comes to mind. Uh, Tyree Cohen is another guy that comes to mind. That these these guys could really Kevin Coleman, Kevin Coleman, exactly. So yeah, Corey really Davis, who we just talked about. There's some other guys that have a lot more upside uh, to your point, Johnny, than um, does Marlon Mack. For me, like I. Yeah, I think Mac is more likely to be a committee guy than some of the other guys who could actually pull away. Like, I think Wilkins has a shot to pull away and just force the coach's hand and be mm -hmm. an all-around three-down back. I couldn't agree more. So, Derek, just another point on the tight ends here. Derek says uh, that Ebron hasn't has proven he can't pull away. Doyle will be the tight end. Listen, brother, I thought that too at the beginning of this offseason. I really did. But the continuous drumbeat coming out of the training camp is that Ebron is a great fit for luck. He, you know, the, 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 this coaching staff brought him in and they've, he's been impressive in his offseason program. If he's feeling like he has to prove it to remain in the league, there could be a good chance that 
You know, maybe yeah. he's not, maybe he doesn't pull away and he's not the guy, but I think he does a lot more harm to Ebron's value or to Doyle's value uh, by sticking around and, and getting these, this praise. So just watch that this preseason. Let's see what happens, especially if he's going to get some playing time with luck, who they're going to try and see uh, him test out that shoulder some more. But speaking about another offense that we think has a bounce back year or comeback potential, so to speak, we kind of saw it at the end of the last year, and that's the San Francisco 49ers. So their record last year was six and 10. They're projecting to be around eight wins this season. I, I like them to kind of maybe hit that number, especially in a division that seems to have gotten a little bit weaker. Um, well, besides the Rams, maybe, but the other teams don't seem to be doing uh, too too crazy good. So for me, uh, yeah, oh, I know. You? Uh, yeah, I know. I knew this wow. was going to catch him. Yeah. Some flag. Yeah. yeah. I just, yeah, listen, you guys like the, say what you want about the Cardinals. I know you love them, Johnny. They have the second, uh, they are tied for the least amount of wins projected this year with the Cleveland Browns. So, uh, I don't, you may see it. Uh, the rest of the football world does not see the Cardinals being that great this year. And I'm sure I'll get booze from the peanut gallery for this one, but uh, yes, you, oh yeah, uh, you, you definitely will. Yeah, there it is. That's that's all five Cardinals fans in the parking lot drunk <laughs> right now. <laughs> so for the 49ers, getting back on on uh, track here, the things that I'm excited to see is the running back battle. Initially in this offseason, and up until maybe a week ago. I was really hyped for Jarek McKinnon, and I still think that Jarek McKinnon is going to be very valuable. But as much as Shanahan has touted McKinnon's footage and said that he loved him, Matt Breda is another guy that Shanahan went to bat for with uh, with John Lynch and said, look, draft him. I want him. And so we're just a year away from him basically saying that he likes him. And Matt Breda is now getting now all of a sudden getting a bunch of hype from these beat writers in San Francisco as well. So really watch these snaps, watch what each guy can do. See if one of them fumbles or screws up a little bit and see if that's going to knock him down a peg. And we've really got to see what happens there. I think the if there is one back and it's not such a half and a half split, it's going to be very valuable in a Shanahan offense. We talk about how he's produced a top 15 fantasy running back in five of the last six seasons. So I really am excited about that. Another thing I'm excited for at the end of last uh, season, we saw Greg Kittle really turn it up he had a legit rookie season with 43 catches 515 yards and two touchdowns can he build on that i like jimmy g to throw to the middle of the field it's something he does with great success i think that he will do that in this offense and i think that if he uh really likes kittle kill could be a nice sneaky play at the back end of drafts jimmy g's deep ball is the last thing i'm looking at last year you look at those qualified throws of deep balls per pro football focus, which I believe is 20 or 30. I think it's 20 yards down the field or more. He only completed one of 12 yards that he had that, that deep. So I would really like to see him. Um, <clears throat> I would really like to see if he can do that this year. So, because he was the QB seven from weeks 13 to 17 last year, but without a deep ball, he doesn't have that upside that he's being drafted out right now to have. So what about you, Johnny? Anything you've got for uh, for San Francisco yeah, so, that you're trying to look at? So for San Francisco, uh, I I definitely think this is a team to watch out for in 2018. I love the coach. I think that he's a genius when it comes to offensive schemes. And you know, 
they're in the Cardinals division. So obviously I'm going to keep close tabs on them. I do think that they will get over their projected win total. 6.5 seems a little bit low to me. Yeah. Um, but some things that I'm looking at in particular is Mark Geese Goodwin. Um, we've seen this guy's ADP rise quite a bit over the last few weeks as more and more information comes out and people are starting to project Marquise Goodwin as the wide receiver one there. Uh, his ADP right now is 7.09 as he, you know, as he has these, these positive raves out of training camp. We've seen video footage of him burning uh, Richard Sherman, which to some extent, yes, that's nice. Okay. But at the same time, we need to remember like, he tore his, his Achilles yeah. last year. So is he truly 100%? This isn't the Richard Sherman of, you know, three years ago with the Legion of Boom up there in Seattle. So we definitely, I want to see how he's looking against other corners and and how he's, you know, sharing that, that chemistry with Jimmy G. Um, the last five games when you looked at when Jimmy G was starting three of the last five games, he was a wide receiver two or better. He was 26 rated the 26 wide receiver against the Rams. Uh, and one of those weeks and the other week he played the Jags. So the Jags have one of the best defenses. So it will be interesting. You could potentially be looking at uh, an every week wide receiver two or pretty solid wide receiver two. If you know, Jimmy G continues that chemistry with Marquise Goodwin and Along with those same lines, I want to look at Pierre Garcon. Uh, this last this last year, you know, everyone was wanting him. He was one of the sleeper picks because of the number of targets he was going to receive. Well, they just upgraded their quarterback, and we haven't seen what Jimmy G could do with Pierre Garcon. So I want to see how their chemistry is. Right now, Pierre Garcon has kind of dropped a little bit in ADP, and he could actually be a little bit of a sleeper pick now. Uh, his current ADP is 9.09. So that could potentially be a lot of targets going his way, especially in PPR. I want to look at that. Are they using him uh, in the slot? Are they doing little dinks and dunks with him? How is he playing and how is his body looking? He's, he's one of those other guys. who's just like never seems to age or, or get old. He's like Frank Gore. Like when is this guy going to retire out of football? Um, but <laughs> that's a different that's a story for a different show uh and then the last thing that i want to look out for travis is this defense right so we just talked about richard sherman and um i'm in no way thinking that this is going to be a fantasy reliable uh defense but they do have some interesting pieces right they have foster who isn't going to be suspended right. and then we also have um you know that defensive line isn't that isn't terrible and right. then you have Richard Sherman. So it will be interesting to see how well, this like is all if, it could affect. Go yeah. Ahead. If the defense is improved, are they going to have to throw as much as they did last year? We talked about it. they were top five in the league as far as dropbacks are concerned because they had to throw in so many games last year. So if the defense yeah. levels out, are they going to be able to play more ball control, which means it would be an increase to maybe the run game, but not so much to the passing game. So that's another outlook to take a look at. So I'm glad you brought that up. Take a look at that defense improves. If the defense improves, will it be a harm to maybe say Jimmy Garoppolo's value? Yep. All right, Travis. So before we close out today's show, we're going to do a fun little game here. It's going to be called uh, it's, it's a new, new, new game that we just came up with right here for, for our fans. It's called, would you rather, 
Okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a couple, I'm going to give you two guys that are going around the same ADP, Travis, and I want you to tell me who you would rather have. Okay. okay. And, and feel free to time chime in to any of our viewers. If you yeah, guys have please. two guys you want to throw out, then uh, please feel free and uh, we'll give you, we'll give you our answer. All right. So the first one I'm going to go with Travis is, a little bit of news that came out about Sony Michelle was that he is going to be out all of preseason and could be back week one of the of the uh, NFL season. So his current ADP though hasn't really reflected that too much. So his ADP is 5.05 right now, and he's going right next to Marshawn Lynch. So my question to you is. And I'll even throw one extra pick in there. And Deion Lewis is going right after that, 5.12. You're on the clock. Would you rather have Sony Michel, Marshawn Lynch, or Deion Lewis? Oh, this is tough. Um, I think that Marshawn Lynch was probably the most effective last year of this. Well, maybe Deion Lewis, but he was more effective as far as the first, second down, third down runner. They just didn't use him enough. For me, though, I really think I'm going to go with Dion Lewis here. And the reason being, obviously, the Michelle injury kind of scares me. He'll have all of preseason to get back. But if you're telling me that a New England back has to miss all of preseason and then try and get back to being the number one guy in a Belichick offense, I don't see it happening that fast. So for me, I'm going to go with Dion Lewis. I think Dion Lewis in a Matt LaFleur offense where we just saw how much they throw to the backs as far as Los Angeles is concerned, as far as Atlanta is concerned. I really like him to have a role. It's carved out, and I kind of think it's a bit of a value. I think he's going to – he was super effective last year. So if you're saying all three are on the field for all 16 games, which we have to assume they are in this scenario, give me Deion Lewis. All right, and I would go with Marshawn Lynch in this scenario just because – we know what, that Marshawn Lynch is the number one running back right now for his team. And we already know that uh, John Gruden has already come out and said, yo, I want to run the ball and I want to be get back to an old smash mouth type of offense. And so give me the guy who is, you know, made his name and his living off of being in a smash mouth offense. So uh, I would go with Marshawn Lynch in this scenario. All right. And you're you're going... not worried that Oakland is really pumping the uh, Doug Martin train right now. You're not worried. I mean, hey, just to... this is how. Hey, listen, he's already how... jumped the other two backs. He's the number two back now on the depth chart. I think that he, you know, we know how much Lynch or uh, not Lynch, but Gruden loves him. I don't know, man. I'm. I was with I, you I have... on Lynch. I loved his talent last year. I think he could still play. Are they going to give him the ball though? Are they going to do a committee here? Um, I don't think so. I think that Doug Martin, I, you know, you know me as much as I love Doug Martin through his career. Your boy. I don't, I don't think my boy, uh, I just, it, I just, it, it's this time to give up on Doug Martin. It is just, you heard it here first time to get I, I am not gonna just say give up i'm gonna say watch Doug Martin. I mean, yeah, obviously you guys yeah, need to but watch because. Saying, it is apparent to me that this is the regime's guy that they brought in and the other three running backs they had nothing to do with. So I would just remember that that's the case here and that Doug Martin could end up being a bigger part than we all want. I don't want it, but he could. I, I don't, I don't even think that I, I even projected him even out to have more percent shares of, 
of touches than what he should have. And even then he's still not really what he would need to be the RB one there in order to have significance. So I, don't, I would just, yeah. I'm not saying right. he may he'll significant. I'm just saying that he may make Marshawn Lynch, not as good of a pick there in the fifth round. So, okay. So I'm going with this next one. Would you rather we're going wide receiver here? Eighth round. So 8.04, we have Devin Funches, 8.08, Randall Cobb, or 8.11, Robbie Anderson. Travis, do you pick in right there? They're all three going back-to-back-to-back in the wide receiver position. Uh, I wish Cobb didn't just re-injure his ankle. (laughs) Uh, All right. makes this interesting. So... For me, I'm going to take Cobb. I'm not going to play around with this. Funchess does not have a defined role as the the number one guy here. When Olsen and McCaffrey have both been on the field with him, his games are not as good. I don't think that this offense has ever run through a number one wide receiver with Cam until it had to and everybody was injured. I have to assume that Olsen's going to be back into the number one favor of Cam Newton followed by McCaffrey, and I think Funches plays third fiddle in an offense that does not favor the wide receiver. Robbie Anderson, is this just kind of a flash-in-the-pan thing? I do like him. I think he's a nice pick. I think he's got tremendous upside, but his inconsistency is what hurts me, and his off-the-field issues kind of uh, concern me as well. Um, So he's got a history of those as well. Randall Cobb is the de facto number two if he's on the field for Green Bay, which we know is productive under Aaron Rodgers. And we know they love to throw. And we just had news today. Aaron Rodgers is, you know, cussing out the practice squad wide receivers and the the B wide receivers. And basically, so I don't think he likes anybody else. And we know he likes Cobb. Cobb could end up being the guy that actually, you know, gets more volume than uh, Devontae Adams, even based on just his rapport with uh, Aaron Rodgers. So let's hope he shakes off that ankle injury. I, I am definitely hoping so. And so give me Randall Cobb. Yeah, I certainly I I would agree with that. I would rank this Randall Cobb and then I would I would go actually Robbie Anderson. The the rookie quarterback does kind of concern me. Um as far you know there are rumors out of the uh the Jets training camp that they might go with the rookie and Sam Darnold and that would kind of concern me. I would then put Devin Funches up. I like Robbie Anderson more if Josh uh, Josh McCowan is the quarterback, but it's not leaning towards that way. And, and also with the suspension that's possibly looming with Robbie Anderson, I would go uh, Devin Funches second. I am a little bit of a believer there. And then Robbie Anderson third. All right, Travis, I'll get one more and then we'll let the people go. What, what, what do you want? You want to do another higher ranked running back or higher ranked wide receivers? Let's do some running backs. Some running backs. All right. Here's this. This one is this one's gonna be this one's gonna hit you. All right. <laughs> and this one's gonna be kind of asking for a friend. All right. So we have Jordan Howard going at 2.03. He has creeped up just before Devonta Freeman at 2.04. You're on the clock. Which one are you choosing and why? Ah, this is tough. You weren't kidding. I got to go with Jordan Howard. I think the upside's higher with Jordan Howard. I think uh, I don't believe so much in Steve Sarkeesian, but I do believe in what Matt Nagy was available, was able to do last year with Kansas city. And I think if Howard really takes his 
uh, receiving up to the next level, you're going to be seeing a guy that could be creeping into the top 10, not only the top 10, but maybe top five potential uh, for Jordan Howard. He's just been an excellent runner. You think about the fact that running from the shotgun, he's at almost six yards per carry. Uh, I And they run a lot from the shotgun in that style of offense. So give me Jordan Howard. I think Freeman may be on his way out. I would still rather have either of these guys, so I don't mind them as your RB1 or 2 borderline. Um, I think they're both very effective, but I think Howard's upside wins it for me. Yeah, and I, I would definitely tend to agree with that, the, uh, especially, like I said, if what we see in the preseason is that he's you know, catching, even if he catches one to two balls per preseason game, to me, that will show a huge sign that they do have faith in him as a wide receiver out of the backfield. And to me, that boosts his value up because we've already seen him be a very solid running back one. And I'm very interested in this offense. And, you know, when you're down near the goal line, are you going to trust and throw with your, you know, with Mitch Mitch Trubisky, or are you going to give it to your bulldozer and, and get it in? So he has not only the, the upside of saying the receptions, if he can turn that around, but he also has that touchdown upside, right? We we've seen it before where he gets, you know, nine, 10 touchdowns plus. Um, so I, I definitely would go Jordan Howard in that case. All right. We want to say thank you guys so much for tuning in to tonight's show. Again, remember we will start doing our shows on Sunday nights and on Thursday nights. If this was your first time listening to us on uh, on you on on Facebook, excuse me. Thank you guys so much for joining us. You can catch our past episodes on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher, or I should say, Travis. It's now like the formal name is Apple Podcasts. So maybe we should get a little bit more formal on this show. Yeah, I mean, Apple has now been a trillion dollar company, and I, I'm just saying, like the Fantasy Whispers also launched in the same year that this happened coincidence yeah. i don't know man I, I think that we maybe had a play in that we'll, we'll be waiting on our check apple if you just <laughs> exactly. want to send that in please uh we are still waiting so uh but for me like johnny said you can catch us there the easiest spot to go though guys is the fantasywhispers.com right you hit the website we've got all the links up there for you we've got all of our articles laid out and and the draft kit is going to be launching dun, dun, in, dun. within the next week. We're going to have that out for you. So go get your email set up. Oh, yeah. We got the draft kit yeah. intro song. There you go. <laughs> so you guys get up, get to the website, thefantasywhispers.com. You can uh, put your email in there. We're giving you this draft kit free. We've done all the work. We're crunching the numbers. We appreciate the support, and we want to pay you back for that support and for you telling your friends about us. So go to the thefantasywhispers.com, put your email in there, and sign up, and we'll have that draft kit over to you shortly. And like Johnny said, we're switching up the schedule. So starting this Sunday, it's Sunday and Thursday night. So All right. Uh, Until next time, that's Big Travis, and I'm Johnny Game Time Hicks, and we're out. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Whisperers podcast. You can hear more from John and Travis on Google Play, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at TF Whisperers.